Hello, welcome to the L3 Podcast, a podcast production of the Michigan Ministry Network designed and focused to help ministers and church leaders live healthy lives, lead thriving churches, and launch into the communities around them. I'm your host, Aaron Halavin, and we're excited to be with you today. Welcome to the L3 Podcast today. I'm so excited to have our special guest with us today. We're recording uh from our Refresh Conference and uh, have our guest speaker, Greg Surratt, with us. Greg, welcome to the L3 Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to be here with you as well. Um, We're talking today uh, about the subject of emotional and mental health and ministry. But before we do that, for those who may not know who you are, I'm sure most of us do by now, uh, share a little bit about what you do, who you are, so we can get to know you. Yeah. Well, I am uh, Greg Surratt. I am married to my girlfriend of 50 years. Yeah. Actually been married 48 of those 50. And uh, four kids, 14 grandkids. Uh, Started Seacoast Church 35 years ago. In South Carolina. In Charleston, South Carolina. A little warmer there than it is here in Michigan right now. Especially in Traverse City. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, then uh, helped start uh, the ARC Church Planning Network in around 2000. And uh, then, um, and, and served as president there. And then um, about three years ago, a little less than three years ago, I started a retreat center for pastors yeah. to address the burnout issues, the mental health issues for pastors. And uh, I'm going to give the rest of my life to figuring that deal out. Yeah, well, it's a needed needed thing. We have ministers in various forms of emotional states mm-hmm. from healthy to unhealthy, questioning their calling, uh, depression, all the things that come. Uh, and I think I think part of that might be just because of the uniqueness of the profession that you're caring for everyone else's needs at sometimes a neglect of your own. So, Greg, as you see this, as you work with this, what are some, what do you think's happening in the mental health, emotional health, uh, spiritual health of pastors? And what do pastors need to do to kind of address mm-hmm. those things in a healthy way in their life. Well, the good news is we're talking about it. Right, that's and good. And that's something that uh, I know I had a uh, real mental health ch- uh, challenge when I first became a pastor, went into a period of depression, and what do you do? Right. You, know, you didn't talk to anybody. Uh, it really wasn't a subject, and uh, so that's good news. Yeah. Uh, Back not, in the day, you couldn't talk about it because it was considered weak spiritually. Weak spiritually, or, yeah, right, or yeah. you had a demon. Right, or, you know, <laughs> right, right. There was something. Right. Uh, and all of that might have been right, right. but I don't know. But yeah. um, these days, there's a lot of conversation on it, and uh, especially since COVID. Yeah. Uh, and George Barna, mm-hmm. his poll that uh, talked about 42% of pastors were in uh, burnout. That question was, if you could quit— in the last year, have you ever thought about quitting? And if you could, would you? Yeah. And uh, 42% said yes. And um, and so there's a lot of people who are studying that right now, and, and uh, including us. Yeah. And uh, I know Barna's uh, follow-up questions to that were, what is it about the job? Yeah. And some things are new, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, most things are just things that have been there. You kind of mentioned it. Number one was the stress of the job. Yeah. And uh, it's a stressful job. It's not, you know, I mean, it's rated in one of the high stress um, deals. I mean, uh, if you're a pastor, you know, somebody in your church goes through something Mm -hmm. and everybody feels bad about it. Could be a loss of a family member, could be a suicide, Mm -hmm. you know, could be a financial uh, deal or, you know, a relational breakup or whatever. And everybody feels bad about it in the moment. But you 
walk through it. Right. Uh, you, uh, you know, carry one another's burdens, right. and sometimes you go further than carry, and you just get buried in it. Right. And, uh, and then they leave your church shortly after they get healthy. Shortly <laughs> after they get healthy, yeah. they yeah. find another church right. that's really preaching the word. Right. Absolutely, God. right. Yeah. Very, very encouraging to a pastor. That's all a part of the issue because um, uh, I know when I first started, if a family left the church, because that's that's one of the biggest things. Right. Uh, that's something we hear every week from pastors. They had a friend left or a family we helped left and all of that. And back back in the day, they just left. Right now, they leave and post it on Facebook. Absolutely, you know, and they talk yeah. about how wonderful their right. new church is, and all the comments are people in your church right. that were their friends. And right, it's just brutal. And then eventually, you see a comment that says, "What time are their services?" And you know, exactly. oh no, there's another. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. It is. And uh, th- then then you've got isolation and loneliness that um, it, it it seems to go with the territory. Right. Uh, doesn't have to, right? But it seems to, right? And so those are some of the big issues. What uh, what a pastor listening to this because this goes out to our whole network and then even beyond our network. If a pastor's driving and saying, "Yeah, I'm feeling the weight of that isolation. I'm feeling the the stress of the job. I'm having people leave. I'm having people going through it. I'm buried in the problems." What advice do you give them on how to? begin the process of getting back to healthy. I think that's probably one of the struggles of pastors is they know they want to be healthy. Maybe they don't know what healthy is defined as, mm-hmm. but secondly, how do I even get started down that road? Cause you know, when you're unhealthy, it's hard to think healthy. It is. What can a pastor do? You know, I think one of the things is normalize it just that, Hey, it, I'm not, I'm not weak. I'm not uh, unspiritual. Right. I'm going through things that other guys mm-hmm. go through right. or other women right. go through. I know we operate a retreat mm-hmm. um, where we bring in pastors. We do it for free. Yeah. And uh, because studies tell us that uh, 94% of the churches in America are less than 500 people, right. 500 or less. Right. And oftentimes those are the ones that need it the most. I mean, you are you don't have a staff to rely on oftentimes. Right. You can't afford it, so we make it free. Right. Whether you can get to a retreat or not, you got to talk to somebody. Right. And um, uh, what what I say is, uh, you need to you need to be around a table of of people who are doing similar things. Right. Uh, uh, who uh, you need people in your life that love you. Uh, they're not impressed with you, right. and they can tell you the truth. Right. And um, what we do is we just we do we do a very simple thing we did here at the retreat. Right. We do a high and a low. Hey, tell me what what's the greatest thing going on in your life? What's the hardest thing? Yeah. And what happens is when you sit at a table with a group of people, I love there's a C.S. Lewis quote that says, friendship is born in the moment that one person says to another, what, you two? Yeah. I thought I was the only one. Right. That's and good. their isolation goes. Right. Because there's somebody else walking. And I'll guarantee you, if you're listening, Regardless of what you're going through, there are other people going through the same thing. That's huge to know. And well, it is, and it's yeah. true. And I would get around something somehow, yeah. kind of get outside of, of the normal routine. Retreats are great. I know you guys offer uh, opportunities to do that yeah. uh, here. Um, you you got to do that. Don't be afraid of talking to a counselor. Too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know back in the day that was a, you know, that was a no no, but. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that might be the best thing that you could do is is find a, a biblical counselor who can help you to 
um, capture the, well, listen, the, the battle, the, the enemy's battle for you and your church and your family, the battleground is in the mind. Right. And we've got to learn to capture thoughts, Paul says. Right. And ask questions about those thoughts. Is this true? Right. Is this what God says? Right. Would my friends or family say this? You know, we listen. I made a comment the other day speaking here that uh, we, uh, we hear the devil's voice a whole lot more than we hear we do. Jesus' yeah, voice. we do. We hear it all the time. Yeah. In those, you know, you're no good. You can't do this. Right. You're, what, what, what do you mean? What about your motives? Right. Um, if only people knew, mm-hmm. you know, all of those types of things. And that's not Jesus talking right. to you. Right. So we've got to learn how to, how to deal with those kind of thoughts, capture them and replace them. And, and uh, so, yeah, get around a band of brothers or sisters, uh, get somebody to talk to, uh, learn how to capture the, 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 the thoughts that uh, the enemy uh, throws your way. That's good. What about um, on a biblical theological concept, even though those were biblical, you know, we have bad theology in the kingdom. I hear people say all the time, man, the Holy Spirit really showed up tonight as if he's been on vacation. Yeah, it was crowd. It might have been crowd dynamics. I, right, I don't it know. Right, it could have been a lot of things. And I think in the kingdom, we've talked ourselves into not understanding. You talked today in our early session about receiving the love of God. I think yeah. part of what we need to do is fill our lives with the love of God so we can even begin to think healthy. Oh, yeah. And then reach out to other people who are filled with the love of God and do that band of brothers thing. So talk about the the theological relationship between God and his ability to fill us to help us get healthy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think one of the most important things you can do is figure out why you're here. Right. Uh, who is it? It was a Mark Twain that said two most important days in your life, the day you were born, yeah. the day you figure out why. Right. And uh, that wasn't the day you were called to preach. I right. Mean, that's good. Right. right. But it's bigger than that. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. And I would argue that you are here to be loved by God. Right. His word says that we love him, why? Because he first loved us. Right. And we've got to learn how to receive. In fact, that's the most important priority as human beings, much less pastors, that we learn how to receive the Father's love. And we went through some exercises on doing that here, but basically it's just coming before him and sitting down and in a posture of receiving say, you know what? I'm not here for anything right right now. Right. I just want to be with you and I want to receive your love and then just be open to a scripture or, you know, a, a thought or a concept or something that God may say that says, I love you. That's good. Because when you're full of his love, then we can fulfill you know, the two greatest commandments to love God, love one another as yourself. yourself. Yeah, right. And so that's kind of a theological basis for, I think, what's the most important thing, and that's experiencing God's love. I love that. And I think that gets us back away from, you know, I, I said this the other day to a pastor. A lot of pastors are professional pastors in the sense that we've turned it into the check boxes of doing oh, yeah. business. Yeah. And professional pastors, you need to be professional. All of you listening to this, you need to be professional in your pastorate. But we've ridden that so hard that we've lost the passion for what we do. And so connecting back to that love reminds us of the call that God has put on our lives to pastor. If a pastor's listening and they're discouraged, they're at the bottom, 
And uh, um, how do they walk past the shame of that? Um, we mentioned that they need to reach out to somebody, but how do they internalize? Like one of the things I'd encourage you to do is as you're driving, even right now or listening or wherever you're at, get real with each other as spouses. You know, my wife and I are very honest about, Hey, where are you at spiritually? What's happening in your life? How are we doing emotionally? But even beyond that, if somebody has got shame in their life, maybe part of their emotional ward, worn outedness, that's a made up word. You might steal that one. You can, yeah, I want yeah. that right. It's, it's called burnout. That better phrase. Uh, if we're in burnout and maybe some of the burnout is because of bad choices, bad actions, shame in their own life. How does someone overcome that? That stigma, that shame, what do they have to tell themselves yeah. to jumpstart that process? Well, I can tell you for sure that what you're going to want to do is hide. Yeah. And um, that will eat you alive. Right. Uh, I think you have to find safe people. I think That's why I think it's important before, you know, because there, there are people who are driving right now or whatever. Yeah. I'm okay. Right. I'm doing all right. Well, and you might be to some degree. We're right. We're all at various places, but you're going to come at a point where you're going to need safe people in your life. Build a band of brothers around you. Even while you're healthy. While you're, especially yeah. while you're healthy. Right. When you're not healthy, don't be afraid to do it. Right. But, but build a band of brothers around you. Find safe people in your life. That's why a counselor. Right. Um, reach out to somebody. Yeah. Um, I, I think here in your network, yeah. you've got some safe people that if you're, uh, regardless of what road you've gone down, right. you can reach out and you need people like that right. in your life. You need, you, you need to make sure that, that you've got a, a, a list somewhere yeah. of, uh, of, of people that you can reach out to. And I think that's key. Proactively getting healthy before the crisis comes is often saves you from the crisis being more severe. Oh, yeah. And oh, I yeah. think we have to do that. And part of that is intentional by listening to this podcast, you're making a step to say, now we have to internalize that and begin to walk that out. Greg, as you look ahead and you see the condition of the emotional, mental, and spiritual state of leaders, uh, what excites you about the pot potential of this season that can accelerate us to a next season if we get this right? Oh, um, the phrase that, uh, two phrases that are in my mind, I just wrote a book called uh, The Endurance Factor, How Ministry Leaders Can Live Well, Finish Strong, right. Avoid Burnout. Right. God wants us to live well. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. He didn't, you know, he says, all you who are weary and burdened, yeah. you know, uh, I come to give you not more things to do. Right. I come right. to give you rest. Right. There is a place of rest in the Lord yeah. that makes ministry fruitful right. and fulfilled. Uh, the, the other phrase is we've got to be well in order to build well. Right. Or none of us are going to be perfect, right? But I really believe, with the emphasis that there is right now yeah. on really looking inside and yeah. saying, "I want to be healthy," right. I think God is going to help us to build great, great as we build better lives. Yeah, we're going to build better churches. I agree, and I really do believe this. I believe that the best churches uh, that America has ever seen, uh, some of them aren't even built yet. Yeah, and God's yeah. going to use some uh, healthy leaders. Yeah, uh, to do that. And that's exciting. I love that. You know, in the second time in the Bible, when the 10 commandments are given, this just popped in my head and they talk about, it talks about, uh, uh, Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He goes back, scripture goes back and talks about their days in Egypt. And, uh, the concept is you're more than the bricks you made, you know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing how God is 
not only giving the Ten Commandments, but reestablishing their value that they're more than what they do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you're listening to this uh, today, uh, you're more than what you do. Uh, God's in the room with you. Reach out for some help. Build proactive things ahead of time so that when the crisis comes, you've got a support system already. And let's get excited to get healthy so that we can build something better than we've built even in the past or even in the present. Yeah. Greg, any final thoughts on this subject? Yeah, you know, my life verse, we have life verses. and Mine is Galatians 6, 9. Don't be weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest. In that, there's a couple of things that are my responsibility and a couple of things that are God's responsibility. And my responsibility is to learn to do good. That's what we're talking about. Right, right. Okay? Yeah. And not quit. Right. That's what we're. That's my responsibility. Right. God's responsibility is the harvest. Right. The timing, the size, the season of the harvest. So, as pastors, what do we spend most of our time, you know, obsessing over? Oh, absolutely. The, the harvest. The harvest. Yep. So, if we'll resign as general manager of the universe, come on. Let God be God and say, yeah. God, I I can't control the harvest. I really can't. Right. I can't. I'm going to learn to be well. Yeah. So that I can build well. Right. And I'm going to be tenacious about it. Love it. And let God deal with, you know, the numbers, the metrics. You don't plant and harvest in the same season. No. Yeah, you never do. So, Greg, thank you for all you're doing for pastors. Thanks for taking time with us today. If you're uh, listening to this and you're in trouble, again, reach out. We've got support for you. We've got safe zone counselors you can go to. We've got presbyters in your section, pastors and friends around you that can stand behind you. Uh, We desire, Greg, in Michigan to be a network of community. Uh, We believe God works best in community. And the devil works best in isolation. And so please reach out, please get help, and please allow God to do something new in you so you can build something great. Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining the L3 podcast. We pray that it has been beneficial to both you and your ministry. If you would like to know more about the Michigan Ministry Network, please feel free to visit mmn.ag.